0: Thank you very much for downloading this episode of Happy Times and Places, which was recorded before certain newspaper revelations about cast members of this story. Welcome to Happy Times and Places, a positively inclined Doctor Who episode commentary podcast with me, Toby Haydock. Hello, my
1: name's Jenny and Bluebox99 on Twitter. Toby's very kindly asked me to join in his podcast where he has to guess which moments I've picked from a Doctor Who story. Um, So I've loved Doctor Who since I was very little in the 70s and the story I've chosen, because quite a lot of other stories had been taken up already for the classic Who ones, so I thought I'd do a new Who. So my favourite new Who um, from the first series, which was Christopher Eccleston's series, is bad wolf parting of the ways i thought it was amazing because the special effects were just unreal to me because seeing it in the 70s and seeing it now um it's just incredible the difference and i love both but it just mind-blowing to see the special effects that they had created for all the episodes in the new series it's incredible
0: well thank you jenny uh Who's afraid of the big bad wolf? I've fired this up on iPlayer, which means I might have trouble with credits at the end. Keep an eye out for that. Um, For those of you who've been regular followers of this podcast slash videocast, that's a running thing uh, that will pay off in the season finale. Um, It's largely just means that. I'll just be annoyed with the credits again. It's not quite as sophisticated as what we're about to see. Anyway, you may have it on shiny disc or as a microchip inserted into your brain. However you want to do it. Uh, It's about to play the recap from uh, the season that has built up to this. So I'm going to press play in three, two, one. Uh, so this, um, uh, Bad Wolf, the penultimate episode of the comeback season of Doctor Who. What a time to be alive. Uh, and this felt like, obviously, this this was a, a, a surprise, actually, to have a, oh, OK, we, we knew it was going to be called Bad Wolf. That was announced in the Radio Times. Uh, and I, I remember getting messages from a couple of mates going, oh, have you seen the title for uh, the, the penultimate episode? Because I think that was held back until that publication um, and so we knew this had been building to something because I, I, I'd i spent quite a lot of time on forums I don't I don't go on them anymore <laughs> life has changed a little bit um, so as for so are forums I think but it was a real lifeline between the episodes and there was something terribly exciting about seeing you know, what people had to say. And there were a few spoiler-free reviews early in the season as well. I remember Jason Arnup did very, very good ones that that, that gave you a taste because you, you were consuming it all. And somebody had heard Big Bad Wolf being said by the Mox of Balhoon, and I think had mentioned it and said, oh, what's this? And, and and people picked up on it very quickly. And so I'd noticed that. I can't, can't say I'd necessarily noticed the line in the episode myself, particularly. Can't remember now. But then, of course... Um, uh, the scene between Gwyneth and uh rose in in the next story in the unquiet dead you went, ah okay this is something to look out for so this was all now and 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 we knew this was this is this is very much of the time isn't it uh uh, uh the, you know big brother was absolutely massive and doctor who for f- f- for me uh, you know, growing up had not been the thing that cool people liked. Big Brother was mainstream, was huge. So the idea that my geeky little show uh, was now big enough that it could be sort of associated with the thing that everybody watched and everybody talked about. Of course, everyone was watching and talking about Doc 2. Suddenly, it was like, <laughs> that's such a great. That's such a great gag to start with. This was huge. This was like Doctor Who has st- has rightfully pushed its way back into where it had been when I w- was born and when I was aware of it as a, as a tiny child. Was, and that had been lost somehow. And of course, the wilderness years when it was a bit of a joke. Doctor Who, in the space of what, 12, 13 weeks on telly, was suddenly going, no, uh, you know, we are embedded in popular culture so much so that we can invoke the things that, you know, everybody. And I watched Big Brother. It was a guilty pleasure. I, I got bored of it fairly quickly. <laughs> what I think we watched the first three series. <laughs> um, but I'm not I, I'm no snob. I, you know, I, I, I can watch, you know, popular culture and. Reality TV and Question Time. I used to say I could watch Big Brother and Question Time. I actually watch neither now because um, I don't even know if Big Brother's on, but Question Time's gone off as well. Things have changed. We call this new who. It's actually 15 years ago. The cultural landscape has changed. My God, I've been through, uh, you know, lots of changes in my personal life. I haven't seen this for ages, but it was so exciting. Patterson Joseph was an actor that... um, you know was very he's i say was he's still still around but it, it it i'd i'd seen him in loads of plays at the royal exchange here uh he was the sort of actor that you're going oh yeah this he's somebody who should be in doctor who so it seemed quite right that he was coming for the season finale uh he was very current and he went on to do some some big stuff and has sustained a a marvelous career um very really good actor uh and i've seen him on stage he's he's Got such a presence. Uh, and, yeah, so, of course, The Weakest Link. And this is the sort of thing that that everybody watched. So, again, Doctor Who. Uh, you know, this is the Beatles in the chase, isn't it? Well, not, is it? Not quite. I don't know. But the android, what a what a good joke. Um, and it felt like affirmation from the mainstream. But, of course, Doctor Who, when, when it is part of the mainstream, also... Satirizes the mainstream and 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 brings its own special daft magic to the mainstream. Um, and Captain Jack hadn't been in it long, and and he just suddenly fitted into the whole thing. Remember when Captain Jack was announced? I was, like, I don't really like the sound of him. He's, I want Doc Who and a companion. I don't want this. I don't know who this guy is. And 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 John Barrowman had associations with musical theater and and it was just so what well, that doesn't seem right and of course he immediately um, came in and, and fitted like a glove I, th- I think whenever anything is announced it worries me <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not necessarily speaking for all doc 2 fans when I say I wasn't that bothered about because Captain Jack as a concept was announced very very early on even though he's a late edition um, there, there was a there was a call that they, they did they did want to show his bottom i think and i'm glad doctor who doesn't do nudity and i'm and i think the joke works without you seeing his bottom and it's got a very cheeky charm he's so he's so charismatic and funny isn't he um now joe joiner i love in this she's a terrific uh actress and funnily enough it's gonna sound like one of my i i'd not been very well and i'm i'm a mate of mine an actor called francis mcgee who's one of my oldest acting friends in town and we went for a drink and I was really poorly actually my skin was I'd get very bad psoriasis not not long before this and um, and he'd been in a thing called No Angels with her and actually on the way to the pub we bumped into her and he said oh this is Joe Joyner I was oh hello which is it was just a and then I I think literally two weeks later it was announced that she was going to be in the Doctor Who season finale and I felt like Doctor Who was following me around I've always sort of felt that and I know that's purely my imagination Uh, it's just that you know we see patterns in the things that we think about all of the time and I sort of think about Doctor Who all of the time Um, um, so yes oh uh, so of course we don't actually know how they've arrived so we've got this brilliant flashback with Rose just reaching out it's the economy with which this stuff is done—it—it—it it, it, it doesn't take it, you know, it doesn't doesn't hang about throwing us into the story. Um, a sweet little Linda, he's quite mean there. He's um, and that's that's him in that's him in a in a reflection, isn't it? He's slightly distorted there. It's a very clever shot. I love Linda with a Y. Um, I, is she going to be one of my favourite things? She might be, although there's that scene in the next episode. We'll take that when we get to it. Um, and Russell T. Davis isn't putting Big Brother in to take the Mickey out of it. Um, a, a lot of people had their cake and eat it with Big Brother. Is that it? Certainly, comics. You know, it was a thing that we'd all go on stage and slag off, and yet all watch religiously. Um, and it is, you know, it's a very interesting concept. Um, Big Brother. Uh, um, you know, as which as a societal experiment, um, is quite fascinating. I'd be interested to take part in something where I lived in a house and was monitored every day. I just wouldn't want it to be broadcast. So the idea of how you rub along with people and and uh, is, is, is very interesting. Of course, it's great for for Doctor Who, um, but to, but to turn everyday competition like this, a a, a, a sort of si- a, a silly game show. Uh, into a deadly thing is a very doctor who thing it's a telephone wire that can kill you it's a murderous daffodil it's uh uh, 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 uh you know it's a killer killer gooseberries or you know what all of those things that doctor who has had that seeds to do um uh, billy piper is so good in this <laughs> as are all the contestants um most of whom have a, I have a little story uh, about, I have to say, um, which just goes to show the brilliance of the casting of this. Sebastian Armesto, who was what, got two or three lines, uh, is, is a superb actor. Um, this must have been one of his first jobs. I've seen him on stage at the National. Um, he's he's since starred in Broadchurch and he's been in one of the Star Wars films. Dominic Burgess there as Agarax is in America he was in The Good Place playing an Australian. He was also in Feud uh, so he must have nipped over to, to, to America and started to make a career there Karen Winchester as Fitch I think is brilliant. It's not a very big part and you can and, and she invests it with so much her emotion is brilliant um, especially in the face of you know, roses to them, very odd reaction. Um, uh, and I, I seem to recall calling one of the commentaries for this because these these are the days when Doctor Who was. Um, I think I think there were about like nine commentaries an episode of Red Button on a DVD. One, no, there was always a there was a couple anyway. Um, so, so you know, there's there's definitely a market for more Doctor Who commentaries, especially with people that have never that aren't in the episodes in question. Toby, um, uh, but I remember Russell. T. Davis praising Karen Winchester as Fitch and saying, oh, we'll definitely have her back because she's good. She never came back. That's that's the acting profession for you. Um, you could be good and the bosses can think you're fantastic, but then, you know, there's not an opportunity or they forget or whatever. Um, she turned up in an episode of The Bill not long afterwards and was equally good in that, playing a sort of generic role of the week and, and doing a lot more with it. So I, I, I haven't seen her in anything recently. I haven't looked her up. I don't prepare for these because I put all my preparatory work into the other podcasts I do. Plug too much information, which takes forever to do, and uh, indefinable magic. Uh, are my other two podcasts. To check them out, she's really good. This is she's crying real tears. Good performance, and Rose's reaction is is brilliant. And Rose doesn't realize she's condemned somebody to death um but she's great because she's so in compassion even though she she only thinks she's kicked somebody off a game and she doesn't quite understand we we she's so good billy piper um i i think sometimes we i i'm talking purely for myself um Take the core ingredients of Doc Two for granted. This is such a great idea. It's a killer game show, Rose. That's what you're in. Uh... And actually, do you know what? <laughs> Probably a floor manager on a killer game show would be just that sort of cool and dispassionate. <laughs> it's a ruthless industry, you know. <laughs> And it's interesting because I thought of Patterson Joseph because he's such a dignified uh, man and, and an actor of, of of a lot of presence. poetry was playing somebody called Woderick, I thought was quite interesting it wasn't the sort of part I expected him to turn up in so yeah Sebastian Armesto. have yes I've seen him on stage at the national I've seen his Willie um I mean he was he was attached to it it wasn't just it wasn't a solo performance it didn't give its own performance in uh, a, a play at the national um uh, called A Woman Killed With Kindness that also had Gilbert Wynne from the Crotons in it. He said, how do you remember the plays that you've seen at the National Theatre, Toby? Which members of the cast of Doctor Who were in it? Uh, Liz White was in it too. I went see it with my friend Shawneau, uh, who I haven't seen for ages because I'm in lockup. Hello, Shawneau. I'm thinking about my friends today, actually. Um, people that I haven't seen for a year. Uh, and i suppose maybe that the idea that we're that we're, we're we're cooped up i i really love the performance of jamie bradley in the middle as uh he, he he is uh absolutely the sort of person that would be in big brother and that false smile that he does and that's very clever editing because they've got that's a very good piece of acting he does that sort of that 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 smile of relief that it's not him, and then his face immediately becomes, like, really sincere. Uh, you're you're, uh, <laughs> he's pitch perfect, and I haven't seen him in anything else. Um, uh, <laughs> and he's, he's perfect casting. Um, and without it being a comic performance, it's a very comic performance because he's so sincere... Um, I, I think if you wanted to encapsulate reality television in one sort of personality type, it, it would be him, because he's like so friendly, but actually you know that he'd stub you in the back in, in a minute's time. <laughs> so I salute you, Jamie Bradley. Somebody did send me a link once to something. Did he have a, did he was he selling vegetables? Have I imagined that? Growing vegetables? I don't know. Um, but of course, um... Once the reveal is there, um, I I do question in retrospect their behaviour. Now, obviously, they're playing it as if she's going to die because we sort of have cottoned on now. But I I think some of the behaviour prior to this, I think you've got to do some mental gymnastics to retcon there there but he does that you see, he does the serious stuff too i'm a jamie bradley fan um i don't know anything about him apart from some veg window boxes i don't know i don't research this bit um but somebody sent me a link once because th- that's what happens to me i'm the sort of person somebody goes i found something out about the Two person i'll send it to toby i love these two and, uh, and they don't have – it's interesting because I remember reading Russell at the time saying about the uh, the male programmer and the female programmers that uh, I, I wanted to give people big stories and not give them names um, because, uh, you know, there's something to be said about sort of supporting characters. We don't even know their names, and yet we watch them sort of fight and die. Except, of course, he does have a name. He's called Davidge Pavel, but not in the credits. He's just credited as – uh male programmer i I'd, I'd seen joe stone Fewings in a production of henry the sixth uh that the rsc did um and he was not everybody was audible i have to say uh, and he was very very good playing one of the supporting parts and i'd, I'd noted him and i think also because he's from hereford which is not far or he we went to hereford cathedral school which is not far from where i grew up um uh, so I was quite pleased to see him turning up again. I was sort of like, oh, he's followed me from Henry VI. Except nobody else from that production of Henry the Sixth was in that season of Doctor Who, so not really. But he was one of the ones i noticed in it. Um, and he uh, and he's, yeah, he's excellent. Uh, both of the Baron and Nea, the other programmer, had been, I believe, an extra in Paradise Towers. Um, so uh, is, is a connection with the... Uh, it's one of the Kangs, so a, a connection with the... With the previous iteration of Doctor Who, he's uh, uh, what well, like this? He's um, I I like it when uh, because Eccleston is unlike any of, yeah, well, Tom Baker had a sort of obtuse danger about him, but there's there's something you know genuinely sort of hard, genuinely nails, and a bit uh uh, uh you get a bit of bother from uh, from from. Uh, the ninth doctor and so I quite like it when he uh, when he brings that aspect of him to the, the fore because it's it's one that p- perhaps his doctor has more than any other oh and of course we haven't even mentioned Trini and Susanna um, uh, and I you know to him um, these work because they're you know they're they're deadly robots and that's a very <laughs> that's a very naughty but a good joke and again i'm i'm not really a a, a south of the belly button humor kind of guy um but that's cheeky that's funny it's great um <laughs> um oh dear she didn't even get a yeah, poor old colleen um has been zapped um jenna russell of course jenna russell is the floor manager um accidentally missed off the credits next episode which I would be livid about uh, went on to be the other Michelle Fowler in EastEnders but also sang the theme tune to Red Dwarf, there we are Um, Roderick's horrible isn't he (laughs) Um, bad, Bad Wolf, oh we've got to talk about Bad Wolf as well well which was just a sort of theme thread through the series for for the uh, the the viewer uh, who is who's keeping an eye oh we, we do get we do get a a, a flashback to some of the, the bad wolf moments um, even even to a bit that uh, Rose wouldn't have seen um, but that's the, and of course this is a first really because I know the key to time season in classic who had had uh, a sort of umbrella theme and there was the East Base, but in season 18 but this was I, I think the fact that the stories weren't multi-parties apart from the three two-parters that we got but it was on largely single episodes which made it more like you know the american stuff that we'd had than than doctor who um you know doctor who was you know was was four part serials was was six, six part serials So. So, so when it was going to be oh it's all single stories there, there was a feeling of oh are they, are they going to be developed as much as 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 old Doctor As of course actually you can pack much more in and there's much more you know there's still is detailed storytelling but, but done with economy um, but what you do get instead of that is you get threads weaved through the whole season within those individual stories that are there for the for the regular, that reward the regular viewer, but hopefully don't put off the casual viewer. And that's the balance. Although, of course, you know, as Doctor Who took off and became popular, as the Doctor Who guy in the school playground, because I've never hidden, you know, I've, I've never hidden my <laughs> perversion. Um, you know, I was I was the one that people spoke to. Um, you know, the other parents spoke to would go, oh, I've heard, you know, this is happening. Um you know, people people picked up on this stuff really, really pretty quickly, and and you know, not. I wouldn't have. I wasn't surprised to see it on forums, but when mums are telling me in the playground. Um, I remember one coming up saying, I, "I know who's going to be the new Doctor Who. It's going to be David Morrissey." And I'm thinking, "No, they've, they've. That's, that's obviously It's called the next Doctor. That's, that's. You, you haven't got some insider information that you're letting me know." But, um, but people, but people thought, oh. um and, and people were really excited. Ordinary people, and by that I mean non-Doctor Who fans. <laughs> um, I, I, I. I went off on a segue slightly um, before I finished my Trini and Susanna point. You know, I think even now, and certainly in 10 years' time, nobody bar the likes of of us will necessarily remember Trini and Susanna. But looking at it there, that that doesn't matter at all. Does any of it matter? Um, The Weakest Link, you know, it could just be it's, it's a quiz show where if people get questions wrong, they get killed. You don't have to know who Anne Robinson is. Or well, that's a great wheeze that... I forget sometimes, Anne Robinson's been in Doctor Who. Um, and The Weakest Link was huge. Um, and and this is a big change for the Doctor, isn't it? Because they, the Doctor is aware of a lot of this popular culture stuff. Whereas sometimes I think the Doctor has been portrayed as very aloof and uh, and and very uh, you know yes intellectual and a gourmand and, and and in touch with the higher things and that sort of a, appeals to me because uh, uh, b- well for for various reasons not all of which I think are necessarily good and I and I would be cautious of a of, of a doctor that that you know watch soap operas and, and and things like that uh <laughs> that's a good joke never. No. Uh, never paid for my license Um, although you should doctor the tv license is important because it subsidizes things that uh, uh, for for the for the whole of uh, society that wouldn't be commercially uh, um, sustainable things like programs for the deaf and and that sort of thing which um, uh, should should be paid for by all of society uh, uh, in order to make it a, a fairer one but let's Let's not do the TV license. lecture. I only do that because defund the BBC is predictably, boringly, terrifyingly trending on Twitter as I speak. Um, she's great, isn't she? And I and I I think Russell has called her one of the best best uh, actresses in the in the country. And she obviously this is before she went into EastEnders. Um, and in fact, I did a radio play around this time with uh an, an ex of hers who's a very good actor but i won't say who because that st- stuff might not be out there um who said oh yeah you know, it was they were still good friends and they've been together for quite a while he said oh my my ex has just done doctor who and, and then said who it was and I, went, I met her the other day so <laughs> all coming together um uh Yes, the, he's got a really lovely quality the way the way he sort of approaches her here, Joe Stone Fewings as, as as the male programmer, and I think the the this is a brilliant visual and a fantastic idea. It's totally sci-fi. Uh, you know, the controller is a very sci-fi word character, but but this idea. The, this this information this this part of the plot could be done in any way really uh but what we have is a human mind since a child strapped into a mainframe uh who has a a, a, a sort of anemic um uh um albino sort of um thing that has been done by being you know indoors and strapped up and uh and and it's Martha Cope who's excellent uh since had the pleasure of working with she's tip-top she's she's a nice woman and is the daughter of Kenneth Cope from Randall and Hopkirk deceased and the Doctor Who story Warriors Gate uh who's a bit of a legend but Martha's great um and I think really good and that counting down because her mind is on a thing and she's doing a job but also she's resisting and there's a thing there that's a very doctor who thing about she's strapped into the computer and she's her mind has been hijacked by the the bad guys but actually what she does is is a thing um involving her latent humanity and individualism just breaking through to to do the thing that she does a little bit later, which is a very Doctor Who thing, if, in, uh, 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 you know, in the face of all this technology, all this satire, um, all this adventure, it's about going, hum- you know, humanity and an individual can can do a thing. Um, oh, and this is and this is being uh, this is being set up. Obviously, there's a scene, there's a scene involving Linda here later, Linda with a Y. Half the world's too fat and half the world's too thin. There's such economy in that. And it's absolutely true. Isn't that extraordinary? Um, have you noticed I'm quite a big fan of this era? Th- this was such a time to be alive. So this, yes. So this is where I would have resisted slightly is the idea of the doctor. Um, I didn't finish that thought either. That, you know, the doctor watching a program at bears. I'm like, no, no, he should be going to the theater and watching ballet. And actually I was wrong. Uh, 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 and, and like Russell T Davis, you know you can uh, I, I remember when I interviewed him for Who's Round I said to him that he was a populist intellectual and he quite liked that uh, and, and I sort of stand by that, that in that in the, he, he's a very very smart very very clever man and a very learned and, and intellectual man and he's read all of the classics but he also takes great delight in popular culture and I think sometimes uh, don't worry Agarex you're going to have a great career in America Um. And I think sometimes, you know, I've resisted the, the part of me that likes something that is entertaining for entertaining sake. And certainly as a comic early on, you know, I'd go, oh, you know, that joke's important. That's an important joke. The most important thing about it, you know, if, if it was a joke that was satirical or made a point, you know, I'd go, that's the most important thing. No, no And now I look at comics who pat themselves on the back for, you know, uh, making a point, but... Make it to the three people that they're making laugh. I think actually no. The comics job is on a Friday night in a busy comedy club is to make as many people laugh as possible. If you can smuggle clever stuff and satire and all that sort of thing into it, then you have then brilliant. Well done. But the main job, and it's the same with Doctor Who, that this has satire on it. Um, that you, you know this makes this, this this makes a point, and this this has jokes in it and all that sort of thing. But the main thing it has to do is to be a thoroughly entertaining 40-odd minutes for the whole family. And that's and that's not easy. And if you can do that and also satirise things and make a point, and blah, 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 then all well and good. But your first purpose is to make something that makes people sit up and go, oh, this is just really exciting and I'm really looking forward to and I'm going to really enjoy this. Um, and there's such an energy to this and such a sense of humour but it never loses sight of the fact that it needs to shock you and it needs to make you worry for your heroes um, and, and that happens throughout um, and, uh, and and as I yes so and, and, and so it's all very well having high aims but uh, you, you also have to appeal to as many people as possible to be there's there's nothing wrong with that and and Doctor Who Doctor Who should be that Doctor Who is not a niche Doctor Who is is successful not because it's a niche culty thing yeah okay the niche culty bit is when you know you 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 find out everything about um, Paul Erickson who wrote the arc that's that's when you get niche and culty and it allows you to do that but Doctor Who is successful because despite the fact it's a ridiculous idea that does... in a genre that is supposed to be one that doesn't appeal... appeal to a broad range of people, um, is something recognised by families all over the world and uh, and across generations. Uh, And as uh, Frank Richards said to George Orwell, if you think that's easy, you try it. so it's a good lesson in not being snobby I think is what I'm saying and I'm I'm sort of saying that to me because I think I as I say I I sometimes um worry about um you know ad- admitting that I like things that are popular and, and yet actually Doctor Who itself is, is 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 popular um although again I got over Big Brother pretty quickly and haven't haven't seen it since um and how the television landscape has changed, uh, and, and in fact, you could do that. This now he's so horrible the way he says you've lost. You could you could do this because everybody watched the same handful of channels, so everybody would have known the weakest link. If you did if you did it on a quiz now, that's on this time on BBC Two. I don't know what quiz is on this time on BBC Two. Um, this is brilliant. This whole thing is brilliant. I remember my agent at the time. Um, Saying, God, she thought when this happened that they'd killed her off. She thought, Oh my God, of course they have. They're not going to get very Piper for more than a year. That's great. They've built up this thing, and and she genuinely. So that's how successfully done it was. Because agents are pretty cynical. Um, uh, and I remember loads of people who were desperate for Doc Two to be grown up. and I've been a bit like that in my time, saying that that um, Pat, Captain Jack swore at that point and told her to f off no he says back off and you'd get people on forums go no definitely said F-word. there's a lot of people working on this they are they're, they're not going to let the word through sam callis as the guard is a, is an actor he uh, who'd uh, um he'd had a decent stint in the bill as a sort of recurring was he linda bellingham's priest son or something anyway he, was, he wasn't just a one off uh, he was a recurring sort of supporting not villain but part of a villainous family and he was in ultimate force with ross kemp oh and then he went back to the bill as a as a regular but ah as a sergeant but after this so even you know even the guy playing the guard is a is a is a good actor who um you know i suspect was you know going from one job to the other um it's very well cast uh this period of doc two and there's no necessarily reason why it would have been. And I remember Rob Sherman said, you know, there wasn't. There was an attitude of, of people thinking that the Doctor Comeback back was going to be rubbish. But it was well served by the acting profession. So whether that's, I love this bit. The, the, the you know, the the, the Doctor's sort of call to arms, and Captain Jack is the sort of modern day brigadier. He does the, he does. Although the Doctor gets pretty tasty there, but Captain Jack leads the physical stuff. that that, that Captain Jack does the does the stuff that we sometimes think the doctor wouldn't do himself although eccleston is not with a gun (laughs) i love he's a sort of hapless middle manager a very amiable um sort of office assistant but doing a doing a terrible job he's a bit like he's a bit like the cultural commentator douglas murray facially actually that's very interesting um Uh, oh, I—I—I—I. I, 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 now I've got to choose my favourite things, of course. Uh, what is it? Two? Is it two per episode or is it three per episode? Oh, I can't remember my own rules. I—I I love the—I I love the bit when he asks to put the gun down. <laughs> He's, it's a really lovely performance the performances in this are so good but I I have to be very careful not to just go on about the acting what's her name I don't know oh I mean it's such a cause, yeah Russell T Davis has a cheeky hum, a cheeky energy and a and a twinkly humor uh, but there's so much darkness as well well I'm just off the back of watching it's a sin. Do I look like an out of band sort of guy? And he's good at the action stuff as well. I mean, that's that's the thing. I think sometimes when I think of Doctor Who's, you know, you think of some directors who are or writers who are good at action, and some who are, are good at the sort of thoughtful prosaic stuff. And boom, 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 boom. I mean, that, Russell T. Davis does really sort of have it all. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, when you think, "Oh well, you know, yeah, he's he does the sort of cheeky light stories," and then you go, oh, "God, no, he doesn't. He does. He does stuff that's got some really grim stuff." And we've we've just off the back of "It's a Sin," which, if you haven't seen, you must. And you know, you come away from that going, "God, that was so." You just, yeah, yeah. Now back off. There's a real, yeah, doctor. You 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 are not afraid to make people accountable for their trains running on time sort of thing um that's look at the lighting there um because of course these powers down and this gives her the opportunity to talk which is um uh, it's all built into the script very cleverly but look at that ultraviolet light is absolutely gorgeous Uh, and this is where she gets to show her humanity um but yeah it's a sin you come away thinking god that's i've just had my guts ripped out by that dark drama about a terrible time and then you think about it again and you go but it was really funny all the way through and that's that you know that's life if you want it to be life is a series of disasters but uh, so you've got to try and make it funny you got to oh um i think the controller is probably going to be because she's only in this She's uh, she's only in this episode. It's it's one of the great one-episode performances in Doctor Who. There are a few. Uh, Barry Justice in episode three of The Massacre. What? Well, <laughs> um, uh, some others. That, uh, and who? Oh, no, of course. Now, we knew the Daleks were coming back because uh, they had been in the trailer the previous week. Although I actually did have a friend who's not a Doctor Who fan. But he always... Refuse to watch the the next week, um, and I know some Doctor Who fans do as well, but none of none of my friends. Uh, uh, oh yes, uh, so uh, Captain Jack, Captain Jack and the Doctor have a have a great dynamic. Um, I I love the way even that she holds her feet. The look that she puts her feet at an angle because she's a bit sort of awkward and 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 shy and embarrassed. Uh and of course he hasn't killed her. Um so yeah, Rose is still and actually that, that cock of the foot thing is very clever technical acting as well, because it shows that she's doing the same thing that she was doing when she disappeared. So it's not just a sweet character touch, that is a very technically smart piece of acting. Um and television acting is uh, you know, it can defeat the best actors in the world if they if, if if they're not good at the technical side of it. Um, The reason actors like Peter Barkworth were so good was because they were meticulous technicians of the craft. And the modern-day actor has to be very, very good because there's much less continuity. It's not like a a stage play. You you have to do so much more remembering. Uh, Oh, and she gives her life. Oh, it gets me. Um, But what a brilliant design and concept and idea that controller is uh and so we've and this is actually the only time we get to see her in sort of proper lighting so to actually get to see what she looks like Um, and of course uh, so then this uh, enables us to have the reveal of the daleks without saying it's the daleks um even though we know it's oh you could see them in the see them in the reflection oh shout out to joe ahern the director who and i love that um i know it was first done in the in in remembrance really the the, the sort of skeletal thing but they really uh, take it and run with it this year and i remember when i i, I think it was was it on one of the Davidge david pavel yeah but male programmer um i was but you couldn't have had Davidge Pavel and female programmer. That would have been a bit hard on, on her because they are a double act. But the yeah the, the skeletal thing, I think there was a documentary before Rose, wasn't there? Um, uh, narrated by David Tennant. Um, and I think that was the first time I saw, the, there was a clip from Dalek which showed the, the X-ray extermination effect. And it's such a brilliant uh, effect. Those sort of little touches that, that were way sort of beyond um, the capability of Doctor Who as it had been when it had disappeared. Well, Although, yeah, as I say, the, the Remembrance effect is very good, um, but you know this is the next level. Um, and the scale of this, and I like, I love the, the 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 vocal music. I'm, I'm not a musician, so f- forgive me, but that, that automatically gives it the epic. And look at that shot; that is absolutely extraordinary. Um, this was such an exciting thing and, and to have them reflected in the monitor that, you know, the shooting of it is amazing. Oh, my goodness. I mean, epic. Uh, and he's absolutely terrified. Daleks. We still haven't. S- so, uh, yeah, I I I'm mean, shoot two minds now, interestingly, because obviously seeing the Dalek at the end of Boomtown made you go oh this is really exciting but actually it does kind of blow this reveal but that's you know that's not new to, to modern Doctor Who modern Doctor Who um, uh, there's a picture of a Cyberman in in the Radio Times in the first week of the invasion and they don't appear till the end of episode 4 a month later so you know it's it's not just a, a, a thing of modern television it's about enticing the viewer you know we, we we call things spoilers now but uh but actually that you know uh, a lot of what a spoiler is is uh, uh is as an en- is an enticement to watch things. if you watch a trailer for any old films uh they they often all the hammer films the endings are in the trailer um but we we didn't see things over and over again this is a brilliant cliffhanger and and i remember not quite getting it at the time, and, what, and 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 I know there's a, there's an argument that it should that it should finish here, um, King Dalek. Oh, he's so good. Oh. Um yeah, that 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 it, that it should end at Rose. I'm coming to get you. Um, whereas it's the 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 more traditional thing is. Well, no, him saying I'm coming to get you means that they go, I'm going to, we're going to invade the Earth, which is the more traditional thing. Earth is about to be invaded. I, I think it works. I think it would be slightly too abrupt. You're still digesting it here. And also you get this, which is, I mean, these effect shots are magnificent. Um, now, I've got to grab my bat because I don't want the credits to disappear. Um, and I. Uh, I mean, the episode is over and it still got so exciting because it doesn't have the shot of the the Dalek. Oh, oh, yeah, the the machine gun. Uh, Yeah. Oh, this, this was just so thrilling. Um, And yeah, because there's something about machine guns that are better than laser guns. Uh, They're dirty. Um, Look at that pan across. I'm now reviewing the next episode. Oh, and was this Davros? Was this Adam? Oh, my goodness. Um, And look, I mean, the credits are going beautifully, beautifully slowly. So you can sort of, you can't quite, you have to still be quite quick. But, uh, um, no, I I think they said, look, these credits are going at a reasonable speed. And... uh, even that even then compared to the original doctor who credits they were they were quite fast but of course they had to get uh, uh, more things in you don't you don't get you, you can't read them now which i i think is a sign of the uh, collapse of civilization as we know it um but there we go um you can't resist uh, progress, progress huh, progress anyway um we all have our hills to die on and that is mine it's a hill with a list of Names that are legible. <laughs> um, I'm sure I've used that joke before. Sorry if I if I have. Um, what joke, Toby? It's not a joke. Oh, it's not a joke. It's a sort of metaphor. Um, oh, so I've got to choose. I can't remember how many. How many things I'm supposed to choose? Hang on, is it two or is it a three? Let me just see my rule. Four part of five things, six part of I'll need seven. Single episode from New Who, five things. For multi-part from New Who, choose three things per episode and one bonus. Uh, Three things per episode and one bonus. So three things this week. Well, definitely the controller, uh, played by Martha Cope. Um, for the reasons I outlined, such a great visual, a very, very good performance, beautiful lighting, the thing about it being, you know, humanity wrapped up in a machine, uh, you know, wrapped up in a uh, in some, somebody who has been taken over and controlled by the alien and humanity winning through. The fact that it's just a great sci-fi bit uh, and it's pretty grim, um, it's just perfect, perfect. It's perfectly, perfectly done um a linda with a y i've got to choose linda with a y i think she's absolutely delightful i think i'll choose a bit with her next week as well because there's just a moment uh that is absolutely incredible and i'm thinking am i gonna go for the cheeky uh sort of humor with captain jack uh, I mean, I'm interested in the, the the big brother, the weakest link, and the Trini and Susanna, because at the time, that was the most exciting stuff because it was, as I say, Doctor Who smashing into the mainstream. And it doesn't surprise me. I sort of came into this thinking, I, I suspect that stuff won't be quite so thrilling. It's not as unthrilling as I thought it might be because it doesn't suffer one jot from our lack of proximity to those, those things, uh, because he's so good that they work just within the confines of the episode of being a deadly quiz and some funny robots um as i say i think the big brother thing is a slight cheat because they don't play it like when they get kicked out they're going to die uh, until the moment that that happens and as i say if you think about what's gone gone on prior to that you go oh that's a bit um uh so i think for that reason i'm not going to choose the big brother thing although the idea of the doctor in the big brother house is such a hoot. Um and, and <laughs> yeah, it's so so funny and so smart. And I do like Jamie Bradley's performance uh within that. But I can't uh I I, I don't want to choo- I wanna choose something that isn't um performance based. Uh, I don't think it has to be the cliffhanger. I think it just has to be the, yeah, the cliffhanger because it's it's an extraordinary uh, moment and the idea and it's a state, it's a doctor hero moment um, uh, and, and it sums up that, that brilliant doctor who we saw so little of and how, how Russell T. Davis can get to the heart of what the doctor is about, you know, brave daft, scary hard, soppy um, uh, uh, and about to do something impossible because he has to yeah, so there we go Linda with a Y, the controller, the cliffhanger. They are my three things. What is Jenny at Blue Box 99 choosing?
1: Okay, here are my answers. So here are my choices, Toby. So the first one from Bad Wolf is... I've got my notes, so forgive me if I'm reading. (laughs) I'll forget otherwise. Um, The Doctor holds out his hand for Lydia with a Y and that's to go with him out of the big brother house and that's the moment i wanted her to be a companion i thought she had such a bubbly personality Um, she was worried about what people thought of her and i think the doctor just made her feel confident and i, I wanted her to travel with him i wanted her to grow in confidence and i wanted her to be traveling with rose and the doctor i think she would have been brilliant companion so that's my first choice um The second one is where Rose runs from the podium after losing the weakest link and Android just shoots and disintegrates her just as the Doctor and Jack break through the doors and he just goes on the ground completely devastated and puts his hand in the dust where Rose had stood and it's just the total devastation on his face and the anger that's building so that was an incredible moment. So I, I just, I just really felt for him at that point. What had happened to Rose? You know, what, what, how could she possibly have been killed? You know, so that, that's my second choice, Toby. Um, my third choice is where the doctor looks out of Satellite Five, and sees thousands of Dalek ships just appearing, and I think he's just horrified. He just sees the monitor, it shows Rose is with the Daleks, um. And at that point, he's just so angry. He's just so annoyed with them. And he thinks to himself, you know, you can just see it in his face. He's not having it anymore. <laughs> and it's that, it's that, that he breaks into that speech. It's just like, no, because this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to rescue her. I'm going to save Rose Tyler from the middle of the Dalek fleet. And then I'm going to save the earth. And then, just to finish off, I'm going to wipe every last stinking Dalek out of the sky. Brilliant moment. Love
0: it. <laughs> um, uh brilliant. Well, thank you. Well, I think I do get that last one because I said the cliffhanger, but it is it is, you know, it's it's tied up in that in that speech really. So I think I'm allowed that, but I'm not allowed Linda with the Y because she did specify the moment that he holds the hand out and that is actually quite an important moment I think so I'm thinking, I'm allowed one of those two but not both of them you can dis- you'll decide which one I'm allowed and I'm certainly not allowed at uh, the bit where Rose dies uh, which is of course a brilliant moment and I talked because I was too busy to talk about my old agent uh, that is such a dramatic moment and, and the way that it's shot and the the the, the fact that um, you know the guard's got his gun to the doctor's head and uh, Captain Jack is shouting and threatening them uh, but that's all background noise because the doctor, it, 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 it's sort of focused on the doctor's devastation. And that's a brilliant piece of direction. The fact that there's so many sort of dramatic moments that could be happening and it decides to, and, and, it, and it very cleverly, without without making you realise it's, it's focusing in on that, just by the fact that it's sort of just slightly pushes everything else into the background, it really sucker punches you with the Doctor's grief. Uh, and that's key to you thinking that Rose is dead, I think, that that's done so effectively. Um, I mean, there's so many little moments, or big moments like that, that if you if you pick them apart, you can show why they're a great synthesis of skilled writing, skilled acting, skilled directing, which is what makes, you know, these these great, great episodes of Doctor Who um, so effective. Um, and, and I have to say, you know particularly a lot of a, a lot of new who where the the you know the, the production seems slightly less compromised because it's it's using more modern techniques that are that, that are easier for, for us to as as a modern audience that we we're not having to overcome quite so much but it's not to be underestimated because they're making weekly episodic television you know, in the same way that you make Death in Paradise or Casualty, but you're 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 doing it on a spaceship with thousands of invading, uh, roboty cyborgy things, uh, and all of the other stuff that's going on. Oh God, I love Doctor Who, and I love Jenny. Uh, and do you know what? I have to. I, I I'm going to reveal something. She she's I've met her at conventions and and, and spoken to her online. She is such an enthusiastic. Thoroughly nice and thoroughly decent person, and she was so worried about what you guys would think because she said Lydia with a Y and not Linda with a Y, um, but and, and and offered to re-record it because she didn't want to have made a mistake. Jenny, it's it, you just—it was a slip of the tongue. Of course, everybody knows you know that it's Linda and not not Lydia. But you were you, you know you were doing a you you were doing a thing and speaking to Cameron and and trying to remember your points and you stumbled over somebody's name. But the fact that uh, she, she worried about, uh, 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 about that is 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 a sign of what a, uh, a sort of lovely and fastidious uh, person that she is. And I don't know her very well. We talk online sometimes and we meet at conventions and she is always so enthusiastic, so encouraging. She encapsulates everything of what Doctor Who fandom should be. And we sometimes forget because, of course, when you're online and when you're sensitive to criticism you know you always you always look at the people who are being a bit mean not necessarily to you but a, a, about people you like or about things that you like and just sometimes just mean for the sake of being mean and the fact that that exists uh, is galling and it's horrible and it can spoil your day even if it's not aimed at you well I've never seen anything other than enthusiasm and enjoyment uh, uh and sort of creativity um uh, emanate from Jenny, which is why I asked her to do this, because it's a reminder that you can fixate on the bad things if you want, but actually, there's plenty out there, not just, it, but in in Doctor Who fandom and in the enjoyment of Doctor Who. That means you don't have to always get distracted by the malevolent aspects of it. <laughs> so, thanks, Jenny. I hope I haven't betrayed her confidence there, um, uh, but but I think it's, yeah, I I think. Uh, I think it's a sign that you are uh, somebody who wants to do things well and nicely, and you do. Uh, so, thanks to Jenny.
1: He's also very kindly said that I could plug a few things. So, I love writing, and I've written for a charity book called *The Curse of Fanfic*, and that's available via Obverse Books. On Twitter, it's at Obverse Books, and it's raising money for Parkinson's UK. So well worth a look at that. Um, the Minister of Chance is also an audio drama that I was involved in in 2013 and it's by Dan Freeman and the weekly episodes are available on a free podcast if you want to have a look at that. So that's at the Minister of Chance and at Sage of the Waves, that's Dan Freeman's Twitter account if you want to follow him, it's well worth following. And there's also an audio drama coming out called Dark Dimension. So that's hashtag Dark Dimension on Twitter. Well worth a look, it's a spin-off of Doctor Who. And there's lots of like people involved in that that's on Twitter and it's just gonna be good fun. So it's well worth a look. So those are my plugs. So thank you, Toby.
0: Thanks to uh, you for watching and or listening. Um, I'm not sure whether I'm going to do the next episode now or not. I don't think i should so i'll probably come back another time what i'm also vowing to do is not try and end on a sort of opposite send-off because those happens in teleprograms those happen in teleprograms when somebody has sort of written one and written a series of links that build to a climax what happens with this is i get to the end and go now let me think of some appropriate zinger with which to finish off and i very rarely come up with one and i always when i come to the edit go that's an awful way to end uh trying to tie it all together or say something appropriate or don't go to oh i hate it um so instead i'm just going to say something much more traditional i'm going to say thanks for watching and or listening and please join me for the very next one of these in the meantime goodbye see that was fine goodbye bad wolf goodbye Thank you for listening to Happy Times and Places, with me, Toby Haydock, Bad Wolf, and my special guest, Jenny at Bluebox99, that's what she is on Twitter, follow her, she's a ray of sunshine. Special thanks to patrons who include, Bad Wolf, Edward Salt, Ashley Knight, Stephen Hill, Andrew Egan, John Ellidge, Lee Kremin, David Green, Simon Kohling, Trevor Smith, Ruben Herfendahl, Peter Burns, Peter Harness, Rob Leonard. Stephen Moffat, Richard Straw, Paul Carrington, Paul Cook, Peter Crocker, Badwolf Rob Dawson, John Deere, Chris Dunford-Kelk, Chris Bone, Jason Gorman, Chivon Galichon, Ian Key, Bad Wolf, Joe Llewellyn, Darren Mackay and Barry Platt, Bad Wolf. The music is by Dave Gates and the artwork is by Dylan Patterson, Bad Wolf. Do you think my subtle Bad Wolf references were subtle enough? Now listen, it's up to you, but if you want to be good wolves, you too can be on that list of patrons by going to www. Does anyone say that anymore? I just did. Patreon.com forward slash Toby Haydoke. There are several tiers, but it's fairly egalitarian, and most of the goodies are available at the lowest tier, which is three pounds per month. And you can even get ten percent off that, and indeed every tier, if you subscribe for a year in one go. There are advanced releases, there's bonus material, and there's even the possibility of getting a badge. So uh, sign up there if you would like to, if you can't or don't want to. Um, there is a, a less prescriptive method where you can just go to ko-fi.com forward slash Toby tobyhaydoke and uh, bang a few silvers in my coffers whenever you think I sound thirsty or in need of caffeine. Um neither of those things is obligatory of course i'm grateful to you just for listening but how about you go to itunes or wherever you get your podcasts to give these five stars and a positive line or two of reviews because that really helps to get the word out there about these things and i'd be very very grateful thank you so much you good wolves Who's afraid of the big bad wolf, the big bad wolf, the big bad wolf? Who's afraid of the big bad wolf, the big bad wolf? Oh, I am.